0: Welcome to the T&D podcast brought to you by TomTom. We think you're trucking awesome, you deserve a trucking awesome app. That's why today we're excited to talk about the ultimate trucking companion, TomTom Go Navigation. With premium features designed to make every delivery a breeze, Go Navigation ensures you reach your destination efficiently and stress-free. Welcome to the Truck and Driver Podcast, broadcasting live from a farm somewhere near Whiz Beach in a Volvo FH Turbo Compound i thing. And I'm joined tonight by...
1: Niall Barker from uh, Second in a uh, hotel slightly older Volvo.
0: Hopefully this is going to work, folks, because we're doing it on phones and the both of us are sitting in truck cabs, not just one of us this time. So we shall see how that goes. So... Niall Barker, not been on for a while. This is the first time I've been back out in a lorry for a while, which has been interesting. Started off yesterday. Um, you get, you guys had one of these, didn't you? You had a four-sixty turbo compound.
1: I did. Yeah, that was that was a while ago. Now that was uh, I actually had it myself. That was it was a good motor. That was I, I wanted to keep it.
0: I'm going to assume that the one that you had allowed you to change gear.
1: It did. Mine had the uh, actual i-shift lever on the on the side of the seat, whereas. Uh, Whereas I think all the ones that have the buttons on the dash.
0: Oh yes, this one's got the buttons on the dash. Kind of like an Iveco Stralis or S-Way, but whereas the Iveco has a lever on the right of the steering wheel to allow you to change gear, this truck does not allow you to change gear. Well, it does, but only in the bottom six sort of thing for like traction. It's got a hold switch on it which kind of sort of works a bit. If you're going up a slip road, you can make it hold the gears, but if you make it hold it too long, it just block shifts afterwards anyway and takes it way back down again. So it's got all the good qualities of version 5FH, handles really well, driving position spot on, supremely comfortable, well laid out. But wow, this software is the most economy biased setup I've ever seen. You can't change gear at all. And it really wants to scrub the speed off it on the motorway. Guess how slow I was going going up the A sixty six at forty four tons at my lowest speed this morning. What do you think it was?
1: Uh, well, the the one I had, I could do staying more at twenty eight mile an hour. So I'd guess anywhere between twenty five and twenty.
0: Uh, twenty seven.
1: Well, it was about the same as what what mine were.
0: Mm. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was. Uh, it's the economy software in it. The engine's got, it's weird because the engine has got the grunt, but it just wants to shave all the speed off at any hill, so you're down to 35 a lot of times on the motorway, and i will just sit for ages at like 40 or something, I had to sit behind a tractor on the A1M, because I couldn't get any momentum up, because you're totally, you can't control anything on it, so... To be fair, Volvo would never sell you a truck in this specification for the work that I'm doing, which is full weight, long distance stuff. I'm taking potatoes away from the north of Scotland, down south. So Volvo, if Volvo do the spec, they would say, no, you want a 500 turbo compound with the normal gears or a 540. So there is that. This is like a truck where he would get phenomenal fuel economy, pulling like pallet network stuff from London to Birmingham twice a day, but wow! What wow, wow! Is it is it ever slow in the hills?
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, you must be able to map it so you can have uh, manual shifting. Because we've got a couple of version files at work with the switches on the dash, and we can you know we can flip flip them up and down no matter you know whether we're in top gear or like in the bottom gear, and we can hold them no matter what we want.
0: Uh, I think you must be, you must be able to go in and do it in the software. Volvo, can, this is the way this is meant to be to demonstrate what it does in this spec Because I did ask because of course course, I've had Volvo out tonight as well because when I was trying to find this farm I did my due diligence and then I looked it up on my HGV map my atlas punched it into the sat nav all good I'm like okay pull off the main road and there's a black sign for a lorry to go into this place called Fen something Tech or something like that so I'm like alright I can go down here gets about a mile down the road unsuitable for HGV signs, and there's this like bit of a turning area. Wonderful. And I could see down the other end where I would be turning left, and I reckon I could have got down there, but the sign said no. So, okay, I'll turn around. But no signs at the end of the road to tell you that you can't get down there. You've got to drive down a mile there before you encounter that. What chance have you got to turn there? And it wasn't even that tight of a turn, but it was enough for the two electrical Susie's to get hooked onto the ratchet but at the front of the curtain sider and it twanged them out. So that was good. So I had no lights in the trailer at all. I stopped and all the pins were pulled out of it, and I was like I could probably have sat in the cab and stuck the pins back in the plug, because I've done it once before. But um I decided it wasn't quite dark yet, so I just went and drove to the farm, which is four miles away, went in the correct way, and then I phoned I phoned Martin. Uh, Tomlinson at Volvo, and I said, well, what we do? He says, oh, no, he says, just we'll just get Volvo out to, you know, don't muck about with it. So they came out and replaced the Susie's on it, which was nice of them. Um So I didn't have to sit here in the cab with a set of greasy Susie's and try and ping them again. I hate curtain-ciders that do that. There's a certain design of curtain-cider that, well, grab hold of your Susie's and rip them. I can just be thankful I didn't rip the airlines out. They're fine. But it didn't really lose me any time because I was sitting here for about two hours before he came and I'd said to the farmer, I'm about out of time. And he said, Oh, you can sit there. That's absolutely fine. So it's not lost me any time as such before I head up the road tomorrow. So that's all right. Yeah.
1: yeah you, um,
0: I, so. you get to go everywhere. So Yeah.
1: I was going to say, I, well, I had to get uh, a Volvo out. Uh, I think it was well, no, just, just before Christmas. I was, uh, Heading up towards Bridgewater and then, uh, as I rocked into the cattle market there, the, you know, the truck went into full melt and the nuclear warning sign that comes up on these, you know, electrical system fault and like, uh-oh. The headlights were stuck on and I had no indicators and like, no side lights. I went, well, this is wrong. So, uh, you know, on these you can do the, the hazard light reset. So I did that, flick the isolator off and, uh, handily I was parking at Bridgewater anyway. So again, didn't lose, same as you, didn't lose me any time. And, uh, so went in, had a, had a bite to eat, come back out. Yeah, meltdown mode again, and uh, with within the hour, Volvo come out from. I think he said he come out from Shepton, and it was the the front module for the lights that had uh, finally cacked itself. So uh, he he got me done and sorted, which I was okay. I was just kind of lucky. That, I was just kind of lucky that it happened like five minutes away from where I was parking. Anyway,
0: yeah, that's handy. Yeah, the guy, the mechanic that came out to me was a way to go and to another one that had lost all its lights down one side, which would be. Wiring or module or something like that. There's not much technology in them. I was actually speaking to a mechanic who, um, was saying that they, at at their dealership, they get the trucks in before they go to Africa and they do this, they they take all the emissions equipment off them, the catalytic converters off them. So they're not even going to be like Euro three probably. And then they go into them and they, uh, disable everything that will stop that truck running or doing that nuclear meltdown thing that you said everything comes out of it. it will never go into limp mode even if it's poorly so it's got no emissions equipment on it and it's been massively simplified for them lucky sods, I'm going to go and drive trucks in Africa, what do you reckon? It'd be fun
1: Yeah, I'm going to say, well there's probably one or two of our old units in Africa so, uh, so it might not be that much different
0: It doesn't make any sense to me though, as to why we in Europe do that. We go and dismantle all the equipment off these trucks and send them abroad with a clear conscience that, oh, it's not here anymore. So it doesn't matter. And I was like, if you really wanted to do stuff, stop battering us over the head while you're ultra low emissions zones and go and start helping these developing countries so they can run cleaner and more efficient vehicles. Mm,
1: Yes. Well, you can, you can hardly be weighing out. In the middle of the Sahara because a uh, knock sensor has gone. though,
0: can you? No, well that's it. You can't have anything like that happening on it. But of course, here you've got all your limp modes and call dealer now, now stuff and you know, all and all that. So yeah,
1: uh, well I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be fair this wagon though. I've had it. I've had this two years. Yeah, it was actually two years at the start of this month, and I uh, well, she just clicked over seven hundred thousand there, and that's the first first time that I've that uh, it's actually. Well, Not so much left me stranded, it's still ram, but like it, you know, it's the first time I have to call somebody out to it.
0: Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty good <clears throat> that way. I think the Volvos aren't too bad in terms of throwing their toys out the pram. What is it? An FH500 460, what is it? It's uh, in a, The
1: 2018 FH500. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, like I say, I, I got it two years ago, it was on. 415,000. It's well, it, it ticked over at 700,000 this morning. So we're uh, uh, just getting on, but it's, you know, it still goes. I still very much like it.
0: Oh, that's good. God, that's mad. 2018 trucks with that kind of mileage on them now. But that was That's come that's six years ago now. Time keeps moving on. That's like Euro 6C. God, I remember when DAF brought out the, the blue demonstrator lorries with the new type grill and the tracks and gearbox. That was 2017. The time keeps moving on with things. There's new stuff coming out this year. Scania's got a digital dash coming out this year, so Ive Iveco. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Scania's releasing any mirror cam stuff though, which is good.
1: No, I don't think I've. I haven't seen anything to do with Scania on that. But then, uh, weirdly enough, I'd say like a month ago, I have seen a, a Kalina U Shape MAN with mirror cam on. I think I think I've seen two of them. So where they they're starting to come in now.
0: Yeah, the joys. Mm. Mm. I'm not going to bang on about it. I'll bang on about it too much in this podcast. <laughs> but, I, yeah. I mean, you get to go, like I said, you get to go, like, everywhere. So where have you been? What have you been up to? How's work at the start of the year for you guys? you keep keeping busy.
1: Yes, uh, not been not been too terrible. The weeks leading up to the holidays, I didn't actually go that far. I went mainly to Newark because I was uh, leading, leading Sugar Beach with uh, our tipper. Then uh, new, the New Year's rolled around. I'm, I'm back on the cairns i did where did i go yesterday it was on a yesterday i went there uh, went down to kent yesterday and uh yeah went down to Kent yesterday loaded up to go to manchester parked parked outside my drop last night took that this morning and now i've uh loaded up to come to yeah loaded up to come to somewhere between glasgow and paisley so uh, knocked her into echo and i would have liked to uh, get for, further on today but uh the uh, the wind and the a66 had other ideas so
0: yeah we shot you said yeah
1: yeah going up to it it was a uh, show completely because uh, apparently a lorry had fallen over at bows and then uh, as i got to it they changed it to just close to high siders and and i did i did see one or two taking the risk and it's like well I'd, then uh, i opted to go to go heck somewhere over the 69 and it's like well it's you know it's extra 25 minutes of driving versus calling calling me boss and saying i've put the lorry on its side
0: What are the classic? What class? What's classified as a high sider is like a bulk tipper. You can't imagine an Arctic tipper, fully loaded, forty-four tons. The wind's not going to blow that over. It's probably unlikely to blow anything over that's weighing at forty-four tons. But then again, high siders. I I don't know because I had that argument with somebody about the old fourth bridge because I was like, you can drive over that with a tipper, eight wheeler tipper. It's not a high sider. And somebody's like, yes, you can. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know what the actual definition of a high sided vehicle is. Maybe somebody could tell us.
1: Yeah, I did see one or two of them trying to go over that were were taller than me, and I've seen a couple of former colleagues of mine on the way down south and they're like, Yeah, it's a it's a bit blowy, so if it's shut, it's probably shut for a reason.
0: Yeah, man, it can be it can be wild. I mean, yesterday was Storm Isha or Isha was here. What's left of my back fence in the garden's blown down now. The the other bit of it blew down last year, so that's the rest of it gone now. Not that I was putting it back up anyway, because it doesn't serve any purpose. But that was really windy, like that. If you were out in a carton that was anything less than heavily loaded, that was not going to be nice out in that. That was like 90 mile an hour winds. It was crazy. So I, I. there would have been lorries over all over the place, but you know nobody ever stops. Even if it's like a red weather warning, people will still go, oh, I've got to go. Like,
1: mm, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how true this is. This is just a uh, driver hearsay, but uh, apparently between Carlisle and uh, sort of Sharp, Peabay area, there was like 12 lorries that had been blown over.
0: Mm, I, I've seen it uh, with Drummonds one night. There were quite a few scattered all over the road coming up. Um, a really bad night that we all ended up sitting in Southwaite for hours, like all of us pulled in like there must have been, I think there was about six trunkers going down about that time and every single one of them was pulled into Southway because you just couldn't go any further it was like uh, the hand of God picking up the lorry like it was a toy and smoothing it from one bit to the other, thankfully the wind did calm down and thankfully I was only going to Warrington I think, I wasn't on like, the double man at the Birmingham you get held up with that, then you're getting in at like 11 o'clock in the morning if you had to sit for hours. But it was, um, yeah, re- really strong, really strong wind. Um,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm ra- rather glad I don't pull double deckers anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think double deck trailers are necessarily as bad as a straight frame curtain when it's empty because the decker sits low to the ground, so the wind can't get under it as easy to go and lift it. Quite often you'll see it'll be a regular straight-framed curtain-sider that's on its side rather than a decker.
1: Yeah, it's usually one of them stupid tall 4.9-metre ones as well.
0: Mm, yeah, the ones you, you watch them going under motorway. It amazes me how they all go They all go under motorway bridges without an inch to spare. It's amazing, the engineering in that. I mean, there has been places where roads have been retarred and then trucks have started hitting the bridge because <laughs> there wasn't much clearance there. But
1: yeah, okay. like if you're, if you're if you're on the on the M6, like between uh, between Preston and Lancaster, they've got the old curved footbridges, and like I think on the hard shoulder, they're only like I don't know fifteen, ten, or something. Mm. But like they, yeah, yeah, yeah know, they, well, they, they, like they were,
0: they were the same yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, they were put up there years ago, and they haven't been. Well, they were supposed to replace them years ago, but never never got round to it. And it's like, yeah, you'd be pressed to get a blowout right as you go underneath that bridge. oh.
0: Uh. When I, when I was yes, pulling them all the time, I never gave them a second thought, but I hadn't been hooked into one for a good while when I was at Broughton's last year to go to the hub. And when I'd looked hooked into it, I was like, gee, look at the size of that thing. That is tall. You know, don't think about the fact it's skimming under the bridges. It was someday, I think, one night, the trailer, the air on the trailer, and you can adjust the height of it up, the air valve failed, so it put the suspension right up on the trailer and it tore the back doors off on a bridge in the M74. Can't remember mm-hmm. who's that, who's that was. I don't know if it was, was that a BN cut inside it or something? I don't know. A Decker, but that shows you how close it, close it is. If that happened, if that could potentially happen. Sorry if you're driving yeah. a Decker for the first time and it's blowing a gale and you're listening to this. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Cause, uh, well, I know, I know, well, some of, some of like the Amazon Deckers or some of the supermarket Deckers, they're like 16.2 and like, it's like, that's, that's like four inches of the clearance. That's, that surely can't be allowed.
0: Yeah, well, well, it's not what you want when you get diverted off the M6 or whatever at night. And then you pull off and you're like, right, where does the diversion sign go? Because one wrong turning and you're in big, you're in potentially in big trouble because it doesn't fit under anything but, you know, motorway bridges pretty much.
1: Yeah. I, I, I did, I did something akin to that. Uh, well, I did something akin to that with a, with a decker. I was on the M56 trying to get to Wrexham and it was absolutely nailed like so. Uh, Come off at of Junction 13 at Frodsom, and then I'm going through there. It's like, yep, yeah, it's rerouted me, let's go. And the uh, first thing I come up to, it's like, lo- low bridge, 100 yards ahead, you know, 15-6. like, okay, I can get under that. And then, uh, just you start coming out of the village, 100 yards ahead, low bridge, 14-3. like, I can't get under that. So, uh, handily, handily, there was a little cul-de-sac I could reverse into and the it was just stood there like, "Like, yeah, you're not the first one, you won't be the last. Yeah.
0: What chance have you got, though? There should be signs marking these things out f- way further away. I had it with that Daft eight-wheeler tipper last summer. I was only road testing it where Mandy wanted them from Daft and we took it out. And there were two ways to get back to this chorus. I was like, I'll go this way. I drove about five miles down this road, gets to a village, seven and a half ton weight limit and a length limit. And I was like, "There's no, there was no signs for that until you were right on top of it. Like, if there's shit like that about the place, then it needs to be signposted from all the major roadways going in, not a hundred yards before it. But like you saw, it like the same as earlier on tonight, with that um, unsuitable for HGVs. No warning until you get on top of something.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's best when you when you come up against the closure, so you ring the, the ring, you ring the customer for directions. Like, you know, the road outside of your shop, shows, sure. like." Oh yeah, you have to go around. And go, go this way. It's Like, there's like you're doing. Oh, I'm in a lorry, don't you? It's like, like oh well, there is a bridge, but all the other lorries go that way. It's like not every lorry is created equal. Do you know how tall the bridge is? It's like no, not really. It's like is there anywhere way to turn around if it's not? It's like no. Like right, very useful.
0: Yeah, I had that last year in Essex or Basildon or something. I think can't remember, somewhere in Essex. And to get to this place, there was only one way in through a housing estate, and I had three different attempts to get into the place and every single one, there was a bridge. And I have had phoned the place up, and I was like, how the hell do I get into you? And they're like, oh, you go this way? And I'm like, I can't go that way, and there's a bridge. Oh, right, right, okay. Uh, well, like you say, it's like, oh, everybody else comes in that way. And I'm like, well, you know, I've got like, a 15-foot-nine trailer on or something like that. I can't get in that way. It uh, shows you what you're up against, and people think that lorries are going to be driven Remotely by like robots and AI in the future, or oh, do you think so? If it does, it hardly will happen in our lifetimes. I don't. Th- I don't think so. Who's going to be? Who's going to say they're going to be liable for it when it screws up? If you've got somebody in the cab, then you can batter them over the head with the full extent of the law if he screws up or something goes wrong. You've got some liability there, apart from anything else. I mean, aside from anything else, who's going to go and fight? the there's. Not much that's less fun in lorries than dealing with a curtain cider on a windy day.
1: Yes, I've, I've had that. I've had that today. I was uh, glad last week to have a flatbed on.
0: Oh yeah, well, flatbeds on. They said I couldn't. I'm parked here at this farm. Was like a really muddy, grassy sort of verge at the side of me, and he loaded it all off one side of the trailer. Uh, so then I had to go and open up the other side to get the straps on, which are not going to do shit if this goes over on its side with sacks of potatoes, but anyway, but I had mud and there's like a drainage ditch sort of like a streamed in the side of it and I was like trying to like grab hold of the curtain and it was like catching against the pelmet and at one point I like grabbed it and then it got stuck and I nearly fell in the bloody stream. That would have just um, topped, the d- topped the day off nicely. Thankfully I, I didn't, but it is really difficult sometimes with curtains. I'm like, I'm just going to have to phone them and tell them I can't get it shut ever again. Just gonna have to give up,
1: yeah. Yes, I don't know whether you've seen this morning. There was the, the picture post of the uh, guy with his curtains tied back and, like, you know, the ratchet strap around the open doors, and he was fully loaded yeah, with with brakes on, and, and everyone was give, giving him shit. It's like, well, he probably couldn't get the curtains closed.
0: Well, there could be that if he's went and tied them back. I saw somebody yesterday coming down, I was going up to Stonehaven near Aberdeen. And somebody went southbound with their curtain side are open with the curtains tied back. I've never done that before. Somebody told me it's not actually very nice either, because the wind still lifts the frame of the trailer. I don't know.
1: Yeah, have well, I've been I've been told it's more effective to like run your run your straps down like inside the body and like just do your curtains up as tight as you can. And if it's to the point where you're having to roll your curtains back, then maybe you shouldn't be running.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm quite glad Anyway, i this is all like full weight work I've got on so I'm not concerned about well, I mean if you're heavy then it doesn't really matter. you are not going to be going anywhere.
1: I'm quite glad I'm 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 heavy today and like I'll well, it's super heavy and all the pallets are low down because they're, they're aggregates so uh, like well, I said before the eight was closed but even coming over the 69 over the Hexham road out here it was still still blowing about so uh,
0: uh-huh so yeah, we, so- we- uh, so where have you been, when do you, so go, what are we, we're now into the, yay, actually we're now into the last week of January, full week of January, thank goodness for that, what a drag of a month, a month which also yes. contained my birthday.
1: What day is it now, is it Tuesday the, tw- the 75th of January?
0: Oh uh, yeah, pretty much, feels like it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listening to the Truck and Driver podcast brought to you by TomTom. Tom. The TomTom Tom Go Navigation offers a specific set of truck features. You can set your cargo and truck dimensions for specific routes so you can drive confidently on suitable roads, making every journey efficient and reliable. Truck, yeah. So, where are you, are going up to Glasgow. Where's like the furthest you've been then recently? Cause you get to Cornwall and away up to the highlands and all over the place. You can see a the mileage that our trucks go on it now.
1: Yeah. furthest up in this year is, uh, uh, Inverurie, just, just above Aberdeen. and the furthest south I went to, went, been to, went to Canterbury like, uh, three weeks ago. And uh, that's, that's got a funny diversion story relating to it. Cause I had two drops, one on either side. So I thought, well, I'll just go through the town. I've been through the town before when I worked for the range, because there's a range in Canterbury. And, uh, gets to a mini roundabout. I needed to turn right, but that road, road was being dug up. So I thought, okay, I'll go forward through the town. Now there's a 12 foot bridge. Like, mm, with the best will in the world, I'm still 1310. And, uh, handily, like, it was a mini roundabout, but with, like, the, the crossing points on it and handily, the crossing points were just far enough back that I could, uh, screw the wagon, screw the wagon round on there. But I may I may not have brought Canterbury to a standstill for about ten minutes whilst I had a meltdown and then worked out an escape plan. And it's like, well, if that was an autonomous, well, back to your original point, if that was an autonomous truck, you'd probably just sit on the roundabout forever more.
0: Probably would, because the problem with a lot of these things when they dig roads up, I saw one today, a road closed sign, and I'm like, shit but it doesn't tell you where the road is closed or what road is closed. So I ended up diverting through a village and I ended up coming back out on the main road and it still said road closed. So I got all the way up to this road where I had to turn left and thankfully it was after that where the road closure was, but it wasn't giving you any information. It doesn't say diversion, go this way, go that way. Because heaven forbid somebody might turn up in an Arctic and need to get somewhere.
1: Yeah, and uh, well, I know some of them do. It's like, you know, said such and such a road, road closed. But then, uh, you know, especially for someone like me, I'm not from Canterbury. I've been there a total of twice in my life, including last week. And it's like, well, I don't know where this road is. And They did have a sign diversion up, but it was through the houses and it was like, you know, kicking, kicking out time at school. It's like, I'm not taking the wagon through the houses at this time. So I ended up having to go back to the A2 down one junction and attack it from the other side.
0: Yeah, I remember. I, mean, I took Kingspan to Canterbury with a gas-eye vehicle. That must be 2018. That would be then written down there. Straight in and out into Kent and back out again. Oh, I spent what was what's that service? Thurrock services. I spent nine hours on Thurrock services that night. I don't know why I, why I remember that so well.
1: Yes, if I if I if I have to go to Thurrock services ever again, it'll be too soon.
0: Oh yeah, nice place. Thurrock <laughs> yeah, services. Yeah, no right. Enough um, no, no n- Yeah, not pleasant. But you've not got a lot of options around there, uh, really, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I, I missed, missed Lockerbie last night because Lockerbie would have been perfect for me because it would have given me the full extent of my driving. I stopped for just over eight hours for the day uh, north of Beatick. I used the old A seventy four road, yeah, which is uh, which. Well, there's quite a few laybys on it, but you do tend to find to get parked up. But I did get one, which was pretty decent. It was on the opposite side of the road, but there's nobody in it, so I just moved across. And when I got up in the morning there was somebody else there. But that road is dead quiet. Like, there must be about less than one vehicle uses it an hour at night. It is absolutely stone dead. So I parked park there, which worked out all right. But it, would have been, it would have been all right if I could have got to Locker Bay, but it doesn't exist. So um, you're at Echo Feckin, which I guess is now busier than ever. I know that Chris Madison was saying that Les, Mahag- well, Les Mahagos, like sold out all the time. And it was anyway. It could be double the size.
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's looking the draw. There's been, there has been times where I've rocked up at Les Mahigo at nine o'clock at night and managed to get in, but there's been like two spaces left and with by the time I've backed into mine, the dude's backed into the other, the other space. But then there, there's still, no, well, when I, when I rocked Peckle Feck about quarter to seven, there was still three or four spaces, spaces left and, well, I think there's still a, a couple now like in the back corner, but uh, yeah, right. I could have quite easily made it to lock, lock it tonight because I've parked with about 20 minutes left to spare. But then, uh, well, I could have got to Johnston Bridge Services, Annandale Services, but it's like I didn't I didn't want to get up there and find I'd probably have to park in the river.
0: Oh, yeah, because yeah. I've never ever sorted the drainage out there. Yeah, and, and Relative, the the cafe, away. There's a cafe at um, Elvenfoot sort of, Crawford uh, that's on the hill. I passed that last night and it wasn't busy. There was only about six trucks in. Can't remember the name of mm. it. It's Junction fourteen on the seventy four. You can get to. You come off it for um, Abington, and there's a little truck stop on the hill there. That wasn't busy.
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually it's uh, Evergill, It's actually signposted from. That's from the, from the motorway, and yeah, I've I've stood there a couple of times, and you know, it's a bit arsy parking on the hill, but because you're not, you know, way near the main drag, it's lovely and quiet.
0: Yeah, uh, we used to used to have the moss as well, further up on the old road. the The, the red moss, was that. We did a press event out of there with the DAF 3300 back. That must have been 2018 as well, because I suggested it to DAF. I was like, why don't you come up to Scotland and drive your truck on the old day 74 road? And they were like, yeah, let's do that. So they actually did brought loads of people up. But the truck stop, I don't think is there anymore. You might still get parked there. At night, because there's a bit this setback from the road, you definitely don't want to be going into Abington services. You go in there and try and park; you can't get back out again. You get boxed in, as well as being expensive.
1: Yeah, but uh, never, never parked there. I've only ever stopped there for a break, but like that was running up on a Sunday afternoon, so it was, uh, it was pretty dead. Yeah,
0: really. And, I think- well, I've been into, I've
1: been into, Cairn, I've been into Cairn Lodge at times in the morning, like you know, the parked here, there, and frigate everywhere, and like you know, the other stacked on top of each other, you know.
0: Yeah, Cairn Lodge is alright They've got heavily renov- Renovated So I mean the, the, There is various Bits of parking Along that road But yeah, Lockerbie still definitely missed I'd say Because it's just It's one of those places That's at a good point For a lot of people Where you would stop Naturally anyway
1: And because of its size It was You know You could get in there At pretty much any time of night Because it was so massive And you know You need those kind of places When you're running up here
0: Yeah Yeah, you totally do Yeah How's your, What sort of cat have you got in that Volvo? Is that an XL
1: No, it's just a standard Globetrotter. But uh, well, I, I don't really need a big a big cab at the minute. Cause I don't take up a lot of room. And then uh, I've got, got a microwave in in the centre lockers. I've got a fridge, and then I've got uh, my uh, my gas stove and a kettle, loving lovingly donated by well, the the stove was donated by my dad, and the the kettle was donated by my uncle, and they're still. I think the kettle's probably older than me, but it's still going strong. So I'm, uh, and I'm too tight to replace it.
0: Is that like a, a kettle for the gas stove?
1: Yeah, it's a yeah, it's an old whistly kettle, like an old stainless steel thing.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got a no microwave in this one. but like I say it is. It is almost like an Asda spec Volvo. This, albeit it's got a fancy driver's seat and a leather steering wheel, but and a couple of other bells and whistles and a fancy paint job, but. It's got. This is just a normal globe trotter. It's got the um, lockers on the back, which are which are all right. Managed to take my big sports bag full of clothes. There's no microwave in it, which is unfortunate. Uh, it's got a fridge freezer in it. I don't know why you would put a fridge freezer in a truck that doesn't have a microwave. I take it there, they all fridge freezers because I froze my yeah. milk yesterday and a can of um, Tango as well. I was oh, this is a freezer. Oops.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, has, has it got the centre uh, like, the, the divider in it?
0: Yeah, it's got a partition on it for one side of it. And I thought, oh, that'll no be yeah, the- a convenient partition <laughs> to keep my bottles upright. No, it's not. It's a freezer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the uh, that's the freezer bit. I think I think they're all like that, but you can take the partitions out and then just have a big fridge if you so want.
0: Uh, I was looking at that. I was like, would that work if I took the partitions out? I'll need to read the book. Uh, I was having a little look at the book last night for for things. It was nice. To, it's nice to have a microwave in a truck, but I, yeah, I've got my I've got my twenty four volt oven with me, and I cooked a pie that I bought from Stacathro, But I had to rewire the plug on the thing because the plugs in these things fall apart. So I, I rubbed the plug off an inverter, cut the wires, and joined them up, and now it works a treat. I think the wires must have been, but the plug was like degrading inside, so. They're all right, those 24-volt ovens, but you to make them work really well, you need to have the engine running, and they also take quite a while to cook things. So ideally, you want to set the thing and have it running 20 minutes before you stop. But I'm not sure what the position would be if the DVSA were to stop you, and you've got an oven in the middle of the cab cooking a steak pie. Is it illegal? I don't know. I started it before I started driving. I, I don't know. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah but then you could argue you could argue that you started before you stopped then you probably just have loads of wagons on the hard shoulder for five minutes while they put stuff in the oven
0: <laughs> i don't know how many people use those ovens i mean, i'm surprised at how well it worked because mm. i think the last time a couple of times i was using it i was like it's not quite right and it was because the wires or whatever the connectors had degraded inside the plug so now it's got a proper plug on it and it's getting the full voltage. I've got, to treat, I've got a twenty-four volt kettle with me as well, but you cannot beat a gas stove for heating water. It saves so much time.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I did have a, I did have a, an electric oven, but it, it blew up the first time I tried to use it.
0: Yeah, you've got like, some truck twenty-four volt sockets will not tolerate them. I've found. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's exactly to, what to um, happened. You need to go in and find out whatever fuse it is, and if it's not a thirty, go and change it to a thirty. Don't do that. Do not take that as advice. I'm not being responsible for you setting a truck on fire. Uh, yeah. that, I found, found that with some of them it would keep popping the fuse. The Volvo can tolerate it. The old daff was annoying oh, because it had those euro ends on it, those tiny little ends. like for It's not like a normal cigarette lighter end. The Iveco is all right. The Actros blew its fuse. I remember that the last time I had it, so I had to go and put a bigger fuse in that. Uh, I didn't, by the way. Oh, to hell, I did, yeah. Put a <laughs> bent nail in there yeah my,
1: my volvo couldn't cope with it it was uh not, not like after i started here and when i had my version three i was uh parked up in reading one night and i thought yeah, i'll give this oven a try so I threw a pizza in there and you know with the engine running it takes a while and then next thing i look down and the oven is just turned off and i look and i look up and the smoke coming out of the dash where it's plugged in it's like nope drag wag- that out and uh, handily it blew up right at the point where it was cooked so uh, i still didn't go to bed hungry
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's something. That's, the plugs on them are garbage. I've got the plug off an inverter on it now, which was like, I had a look at it and I was like, that's like really thick wiring and you can get like universal plugs as well, but the plugs on them tend to be crap and bits melt inside of them. And that's what ends up screwing them up because they do, they do generate a lot of heat and suck a lot of voltage. Um, when you see what they can do, like they do get boiling hot. Yeah, probably.
1: yeah, that's that's what happened here. Like, I, you know, I ragged everything out of the dash, and then uh, retrieved what was left of the plug. So, uh, I mean, I, I still have the oven. I probably could mend it, but uh, I have a microwave now, which is much better.
0: Yeah, if you've got the microwave, it makes life easier. Although the good thing about the oven is it does make things crispy. Because if you put like a pizza in the microwave, then it comes out soggy. So,
1: yeah, so you say not. Well, not like after my oven blew up, I did. Uh, I did perfect doing pizzas on the stove with one of those square like where pans you, you get off Amazon off from like the camping shop with, with the lid on like I did perfect doing pizzas in there
0: yeah uh, you fried a pizza it worked well, of course frying pizzas is a Scottish way and uh, deep frying them although that would be a bit of a task to go and take a pan full of oil with you to go and put pizzas and chips in it on the move you'd have to be quite I'm, there were probably people who did that running to the Middle East back in like the 70s and Scania 140s and Leyland marathons and things, probably was somebody that had a chip pan. Chip pan, remember chip pan fires? You, you, you're, a bit, you're a fair bit younger than me. You wouldn't remember the public service adverts for chip pan fires. Do you know what not to do with a chip pan fire?
1: You know, throw water on it.
0: Correct. Because you'd see the adverts for it and that, and they would chuck water on it and it'd be like, whoosh. Big massive. Just one of the many public service advertisements that would give you things to be terrified of. See also railway lines and electricity pylons and um strangers as well. You know, don't talk to strangers and all that kind of stuff. It was a terrifying world, although it probably was safer back then than it is now.
1: Yes, I was I was subjected to the uh the odd stra- stranger danger videos and the electricity videos when I was in when I was in school.
0: Oh, you got it. how so how old are you then?
1: Um I'm not far off twenty six. I'll be twenty six in two weeks actually.
0: Good God, not far off, 26. Ugh. It was you that said I'm a fair bit
1: younger. I don't think I'm that far behind.
0: I'm 44 now, and feeling it. I, I thought about introducing this podcast like Hans Molman. Welcome to another series of the agonising pain in which I live. But I've had um, four paracetamols and four ibuprofens on my dinner, so I feel my my back pain isn't too bad. And to be fair, the Volvo has a bloody good driver's seat in it. Yeah, I'll say that for it.
1: Yeah, they I'll give them this much. Yeah,
0: it is you, they a bit like drive? driving a cruise ship. Yeah,
1: we've got the you see, This well, is is just the like the you know the standard Volvo that, ev- that everyone kind of has. Apart from, it's got the the nice DAB radio and it's got the two big interior lights behind the sunroof. They're LEDs, curiously enough, oh, which yeah. I've never seen in one of these before. I don't know. I don't know who spec this, but I'm very
0: thankful for the nice radio. Yeah, well, that's I've been spec by Martin from Volvo. So even though it's a Basically a fleet truck. It's still got some niceties in it. It's got the full, le- full black leather driver's seat with the, um, air con that refreshes, um, parts of your body that will have it. hitherto never been refreshed in such a manner, as well as the heated seats. It's got the, it's got the twin armrests on it as well. Find, I never use armrests and seats ever. I don't know why. I just noticed that they're on there and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I should. You know, some people drive with both armrests down. You just yes, drive, I do. drive your thumbs.
1: Yeah, I, I drive, both I drive both armrests down. But then it comes to the point where you try and get out, and you forget you forget to lift the bloody thing up and trip over it.
0: Uh-huh. what about, what about um, steering wheel knobs? Where do you stand on them?
1: Mm. The clue is in the name, steering wheel knob.
0: <laughs>
1: well, when I was uh, when I was in my first job and I was uh, at the range and I was carrying the truck with uh, with my day driver, he said, "No, I've said to him, I you know, you know, it's.'" You know, it's my my, fir- my first allocated truck, I want to do a couple of things to it. And it's like, you can do whatever you want, just don't put a steering wheel knob in it. Like, yeah, I agree.
0: I don't think they're as common as they used to be. I mean, this Volvo's got the dynamic steering on it, so it's really quick. You can like spin it around in like a second, and it's really light as well. So there wouldn't yeah. be any need to go and screw some clamping device into the beautiful black stitched leather steering wheel. But you do kind of mm. still see them. Yeah, I want like, ah, to pretend my truck's a forklift.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, uh, I do have a steering wheel cover on this Much to my boss's protest I can tell when he's driven this truck Because the steering wheel cover is yeeted over onto the passenger floor
0: Well, it depends What kind of steering wheel cover Because there's one there was one. That I, I bought about three of the same one I had two of them in my Foden tipper And then I put one in my Foden Arctic And I've got one in my Vecco daily recovery truck And it's like a plain black leather one With kind of stitching on it And if the steering wheel if the covering or the surface of the steering wheel is wrecked, it does make a big improvement. But then you get the ones that are bright blue or bright red or the ones that are made out of this plastic stuff that's supposed to look like fake wood. And they're a bit more... Uh, nah, I'm not not so sure about them. What one have you got? Is it like a furry leopard skin one or something?
1: No, I did debate that, but uh, I've got one of those uh, lovely blue leather ones that you love so much.
0: I didn't say I didn't love them. I just said they, they were... Uh debatable You get one of the it's plain like, well, black ones. They're quite, they're quite nice. It looks like it's almost maybe sort of made of fake leather.
1: well I got this one because it matches the color of my curtains. That's, that's genuinely the reason why I got this one. I mean, I mean, the steering wheel on this is—it was starting to go a bit manky when I, when I got it, and I had one on the V3 as well because the steering wheel on that was very manky. But it's like you know, I, I put I put one on this straight away to try and try and keep it nice, and you know, blue one because my you know my curtains are blue, my seats are blue. I've got. Well, I've, I've got grey mess in here with blue writing on and also the truck's blue, so, you know, it's, it's just all the blue.
0: Aye, that's all right. It's yes, a, I, I,
1: don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have one in the in ERF, the though. Like, the ERF the is still playing.
0: Right, enough. you've got an ERF. How are you getting on with that? Has it been out much of that over the winter? At least it's a kind of truck that's got a level of technology where you can leave it for some months over the winter, go back and start it, and it's not going to have dropped modules in the APU out of it, I mm-hmm. assume.
1: Yeah, well, it's... Uh, it has it has been out, but it hasn't been very far. I mean, it's we got it MOT'd before Christmas, so uh, that's that's that sorted. After after I put it away after a rainstorm, and all four of the brakes were seen on, mm-hmm. so we had to we had to whack the brake, we had to whack the brakes free. So we uh, got it MOT'd, and then uh, last last week I uh, proved why I proved why people like me shouldn't be trusted with adult money, and I bought a new trailer for it. Ooh, who did you get? I got a 1982 twin axle King low loader to put my tractors on.
0: A 1982 twin axle, what is that? Is that like uh, double tyres on it then?
1: Yeah, it, w- it was originally on the split rims, but the guy I bought it off, he's put it on the like the, the standard low loader tyres now, so if I haven't, so I can actually buy tyres that are a regular size, because it was on split rims, it was some weird, odd size that you can't get.
0: Well, uh, split rims are uh, not like safety issues with split rims, if you're not going to get somebody who really knows what they're doing to go and dismantle them to change the tyres on them. That
1: that may have been a a reason as well. I think there's a reason why we don't use split rims anymore.
0: Uh, I'm sure I watched something on YouTube. There was a guy talking about it. It was a particular type of wheel on old American lorries, and they were called widow makers because of the split rim design on them. And you could still find them because in America, a lot of trucks have been for the 50s and things. They still survive. They're parked up places. So you may still encounter one of these wheels and tires with air in it. And it's like if something goes wrong, I take it, it explodes and removes your face. Uh, but I don't know if it's the same kinds in the UK or and and that, But it's just old, old technology now. Uh, time will have moved on with them. So uh, that'll look cra- that look cracking. That with your your new low loader, 1982. Yeah. It's almost as old as me.
1: Yeah, well, I did I did have one before that I uh, bought off a friend of mine. It was uh, like a single axle job, but it had the it had the knockout back axle on it, and which. You know, I could I could deal with it in in the yard loading up because it's nice flat and concrete. But on a show field, when you're trying to trying to jack the trailer up to remove the axle, and you're not actually jacking the trailer up, you're just sending the jack further into the grass. Oh, so uh, a, f- a friend a friend of mine sent me sent me this who uh, who had helped me who has helped me with the old trailer before and seen me fall off it more than once. And it's like you're not doing another season with that thing by this one because it actually has ramps and and it's a normal trailer. Like mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, I did. Oh, that's, and then that's good, and then yeah. got then got it got it back and promptly found that the uh, the legs sit that close to the back of the unit they don't ha- it doesn't actually turn so uh, it's currently currently away having having had to move the fifth wheel back on the bracket so uh, it, it should work after that I hope it does oh
0: uh, yeah should do should do yeah that's that's good now you got on the fifth wheel on your Volvo does it slide do you ever move it no no
1: we we set it up once when we got it and then. Uh, I haven't, yeah. haven't really had to move it since. It, it does flag, but, uh, well, you say, we set it over a curtain cider and then it works with pretty much everything, everything else.
0: Yeah, I can never get the things. I've had to, whenever I got the last couple of tag axles I've had, I've had to go and move it. I was glad that I went and looked at it when I had the 530S Scania because if I hadn't looked at it and backed into the trailer, I would have demolished the lights. So I had to go and get it pulled back. Same with that DAF. I think with the DAF, it was the opposite way around. The fifth wheel was a way back and I hooked the trailer into it and it looked like it was like something off a convoy. And I was like, ha, I'm going to leave that. It looks wicked. But then I looked at it again and I was like, no, it also looks stupid. Uh, but Bob Beach and one of the guys was there. I'm not strong enough. I cannot get the pin, that lo- the pin that locks the fifth wheel slider out on my own. Cannot do it. That. I need somebody else to go and pull on the thing to be able to get the thing out to be, be able to, move the slide move the slider on the thing and that's on brand new trucks. Um, yeah, see that's, that's, that's right that's where I'm looking
1: sitting,
0: I can never get a tag sitting quite as close as I would want to unless I've got an assistant there to go and physically watch it for me to go and make sure that I'm not too close to it. So it always ends up a bit further. I think the next truck I'm getting is guess what the next truck I'm getting is? <clears throat> what I'm just trying to think what avenue you had here? There's something there's a particular engine that I've not uh driven yet which is of consider uh of importance. It's been out for a little bit. Mm, not getting a new M A N, are you? No, nah, it's not an MAN unfortunately. No, I would very much like a shot of one of those new five twenty MANs, not with cam, thanks.
1: I was gonna say the new S Ways Are the new S Ways near coming out?
0: They're not out yet. No, Iveco have got a couple of demos available, but I've already done, done write ups on them. I've had a 570 twice and I've had the 490. So we've just got to wait until the new ass kicking 580 comes out. That will be uh, a bit of a weapon, hopefully. Uh, it's got a lot more. Time. It's like 2800 foot of torque now compared to 2500 on the old 570, which doesn't like hang about. So yeah, I'm interested to see that. I'm sure the software on the early 570s and the Stralis 570 was kind of more leery than the last one I drove. I don't know if it was because it was that new, it was tighter. But the other ones I'm like, this thing just goes like a rocket. It just really, really wants to pull. And there wasn't a fuel penalty on it either, because it was just it was really keen on maintaining momentum. It's the complete opposite of this Volvo. As soon as it started losing a bit of speed in the hill, boom, down into 11th, back up on the limiter and it would hold it. It would want to keep going. Which was um Nice, but no, it's not one of those.
1: Eh, new, new Renault. You haven't had a Renault for a while.
0: Uh, it's, no, I will be getting a Renault, but it'll be the turbo compound one. According to Bob Beach, you can change those gears. Man. The last game I said, you change the gears itself in them. It's not the same as this Volvo, is it? I don't want to be driving uh, trucks that are too similar. Uh, there's a Renault at some point. No, it is. I'm getting a Scania 560 S Super. So the top of the range, 13 litre, because I had the 460 Super last year. And it was amazing. That like totally performed like a 500, even though it was just an R. And that really was like a supermarket spec truck. It had steel suspension on the front axle, axle and steel suspension on the cab. So uh, it had, um, a ride quality akin to, um, you know, a Nova with, um, conies on it. <laughs> it was like concrete, but 560 super, that'll be, um, a weapon, hearing some really good things about the fuel economy on those, I mean, it's the same with a lot of trucks now, you hear a lot of good things about fuel economy on a lot of these powerful 13 litres, the returns that uh, these Volvo Turbo compounds are getting, even the 540, same with the Iveco, the MAN, um, these new Renaults, Everyone's supposed to be getting fuel economy you could only dream of a few years ago, you that's know? yeah,
1: good. Yes, yeah. say so that, too. Uh that new five forty that we put on the road last September—that's, uh, I think—that's like probably half a mile, or in some cases, like a full mile per gallon in front of what what our version fours are doing, and like with the exact same performance, if not slightly better.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, he's, he's on that was that on full weight work all the time, same as the rest of us.
0: Uh. I mean, I mean, if you if you're running, if you can get if you get light to middle weight loads a lot of the time, it makes a hell of a difference to your fuel economy. If you're pulling full weight stuff north and getting up to Scotland and everything, it's uh really much much harder on fuel and the truck as well. The the work that they've got to do, it's really impressive how they keep managing to extract better fuel economy out of things while also improving the the torque. Hooray for diesel engines! Long may they uh, continue to be here for as long as I'm around, anyway. Yes,
1: I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking, I'm just looking up, up here, and it's like, well, well, case in point. Last night I parked outside the customer's premises, but it was like on a, down a farm track in the ass end of nowhere, and it's like, well, well d-
0: where I am tonight, <laughs> uh, where would, I, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, it's like, where would I actually plug in here? It's like you know, they've they've all it off. I can hardly ring them to come back and run an extension lead from the lorry in, into their office.
0: Uh, I would would let you see what the farmer would think. Here, can I charge my massive lorry off your power tonight? Aye, right. Mm. Yeah, that would work out well. Plenty of infrastructure. Oh, whoa. Oh, cabs are rocking with the wind there. It actually feels like somebody's shaking the cab right now with the wind catching it there.
1: When I was uh, liaising with uh, my former colleagues earlier on, trying to... See what the deal is on the A sixty six. He said to me there was a, a four-wheeler rigid that was in a lay by like falling over in the lay by. So you know, it kinda looked like he'd park there overnight and it had fallen up, during the night. Whether whether that's true or not, I don't know. But uh would, would be, a, <laughs> be a rotten way a rotten way to wake up, Jolins.
0: Uh how gu- how guided would you be if that happened, wherever I'm gone like everywhere, you know. What hope that you're there. Hope that he's not got a big bottle for passion? it's not got you know, it's not it's sealed properly. That would just top things off and that. Get couched over on your side and then that ball hits you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just, just have a look, wouldn't it? But uh, well, I could probably, probably see how it probably would blow over. It's like, you know, you look at an 18 ton of CF, like the body is a good two foot higher than the cab. But I think it's like a 4.5 body on a on a rigid. Yeah, huh?
0: exactly. Like, I'm going to do the safe thing. I'm going to go and park. I'll be okay. And then you still get couched over on your side. Gutted.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm kinda of glad when I got in here the uh the very end space was here so I've got nobody parked on the other side of me and like you know I'm right right next to all the trucks and because 'cause I'm by the trees I'm kinda of sheltered here. So uh, um, we're not we're not too bad.
0: That's good. What time are you starting in the morning? You know,
1: about uh know, about five about five o'clock ish I reckon.
0: Uh well I I put uh, let's see when I I could probably go at some crazy hourly time. I've got to get up to Stirling and then Dundee with these potatoes but I am of course down near Wisbeach, and this thing does not like hills so we'll see might do 10 hours driving tomorrow because it is all primarily just driving, I wonder how far it is up to where I've got to go, let's find out
1: I going to so say would be a fair because uh, I did, oh, I did right. potatoes last year and it was uh, from, from Tain down to Cromer it was uh, 13 hours one way that's that's the lo- That's the longest run I've ever done.
0: Mm, let's have a look here. I've uh, got a go sterling, So let's see. What sat nav do you use? I've got
1: I've got one built into the truck, but I believe it's a TomTom system, and it is uh, it's rather good.
0: Uh uh-huh. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's TomTom on on this. I'm uh, interested in that. It says 364 miles. and oh, this is Google Maps. Six hours, twenty three minutes in the car. And then after that, I need to get to Dundee So Can I do that in 10 hours driving tomorrow? Mm, Maybe, I don't know. This thing is like not a truck that's ideal for getting somewhere in a hurry because all the 52 mile an hour boys overtake you in the hills. And then even though you can get past them, because this does do 56 on the nose, you lose so much speed in the hills that there's no point trying to pass them again, so you end up sitting behind them. I'm be interested to see what it does going up Stainmore tomorrow, going into a headwind.
1: As um, if it's open again, I'm uh, not looking forward to coming back tomorrow.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's the thing as well, because if it's not open, then I'm going to have to go do what you did and go over by Hexham. Or could I? No, wait, now. No, no, that doesn't really work out either. Going up the M6. And it involves potentially... You know, we'll not be using the toll road. I don't, very much doubt he would give me the money back for that, going that way, because it doesn't make sense. Although they would give us the toll money if there was really a valid reason to use it, but I don't think this is. Well, you could go around the normal M6 and take your chances around the wall. So, having I mean, said that, what is... What did I say? Five hours time? What time is it? It is quarter to nine. So say nine plus five, 2 a.m. I could get in the road at two o'clock in the morning. Will I get in the road at two o'clock in the morning? That is the question.
1: Yeah, if it, if it has yeah. a two in it, it's too early of a time.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I get up. About, I don't know. I could get up at about half four, getting around the road for five. I guess that's kind of what I normally do. I anyway, we'd better go and wrap this podcast up, my man. We're um, getting on for about an hour here. Uh, any other business? Anything you want to make our dear listeners aware of, or anything like that? Nothing that comes to
1: mind at the minute. I'd, I'd very much like to get behind the seats and uh, die for the next nine hours
0: yeah well crack on then <laughs> uh, good stuff yeah thanks very much for uh, getting in touch yeah do a team truck and driver update and see what you're up to
1: yeah I, yeah I have been meaning a right one for a while and it's just a case of actually getting round to it
0: cool right well thanks very much uh, I shall catch up with you again soon cheers everybody take care uh, don't end up on your side on the A66 catches again soon see yous after Thank you for tuning in to the Trucking Driver Podcast, proudly sponsored by TomTom. As a special thanks to our listeners for trucking through the holiday season, we're giving away one month free of TomTom Go Navigation Truck. Simply download the Go Navigation app and use the code TRUCKYEAH. That's T-R-U-C-K-Y-E-A-H when subscribing. Safe travels, folks.